0: Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Hey, welcome everyone. Hey, if you're new, my name is Lucas. I just want to again say hello and welcome. It is my heart, my joy to be speaking tonight, but not alone. And as
1: popular request,
0: the infamous, the one and only. Trina is here, friends. Trina is here.
1: Yeah, I haven't been able to attend the six in a long time, but I'm so happy to be here and, yeah, to get to share our story and talk about Love. Uh, I know it's something that we all think about a lot and often. You guys are a lot of you probably in that season of life right now where yeah, you're thinking about relationships, and so we're excited mm-hmm. to get to share our story, guys. We have been married for almost 12 years, which is so crazy. Just
0: just a dozen, no big deal.
1: Like I don't think we just live a- old enough to have been married for 12 years, right? Well,
0: that my was hairline. cute to say no. Yeah. You guys look great. <laughs> You know, the first two weeks of this series were designed to help us understand a little bit about um, kind of the, fi- the the place we find ourselves in. Forced love was this concept that, like, in so many areas of our life, in culture, even at church, sometimes like maybe I made that joke last week. Where, love is kind of this thing that we're forced to figure out. Like, find a soulmate. Oh, you've been you've been dating for two weeks. Wow, when are you getting married? When are you gonna have kids? Like, it's this thing that's like pushed, and in every rom com and in every song, it's like love, 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 and. And I wanted us just to take a deep breath, kind of take a step back and ask ourselves, what is God actually calling us, excuse me, where is he calling us to? And how can we find security in our singleness? And how do we really enjoy relationship with Jesus before we start forcing relationships around us? So week one was all about finding wholeness, finding healing, reminding ourselves of that desire that we have for love. It is innate, it comes from the Lord and it, it is only properly filled by the Creator. He designed you, and then he wants to fill you. Really, is truly how it is, just like Calista was sharing. And then last week, we kind of hit all these different kind of the seven deadly dating sins, if you will, or habits, and really that was just a a really intense title for just, here's some things to look out for, right? And so I really felt, and as I was building this sermon series out, because next week we're gonna take a departure. We're gonna talk a little bit about our relationship with things and materials. But I really felt like our story truly encompassed a lot of the what we talked about in those first two weeks. And so some things are, are thematically very similar, but I just felt like, I don't know if we'd ever actually shared our story and all the, the wonderful things about it and all of the not-so-wonderful things about it. Not and,
1: just a pretty story. Like, there no, is a lot of setbacks.
0: There really is. Um, and I think for us, recognizing that... You know, you dream about this fairy tale, right? This hope you have for your relationship. And and you 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 want to really plan it out, don't you? Uh, like you want to have this this person by this date. I want to be 23. You want to get married because I'm not too young and not too old, and that'll have us, give us some time to do our thing. And then we want to have X amount of kids by this. And you kind of start to plan it out. We we plan our relationships like a game of mash. You remember the game mash? Anyone? Right. If you're a Gen Z in here, you're like, what? I just I'm just on my phone all the time. No, I'm teasing you. I'm totally teasing you. They probably it's have a joke. A mash Relax. But us boomers, when we were at restaurants with our, with our folks, <laughs> Instead of running to the phone or checking Instagram or anything like that, we would play MASH. You'd sit beside your brother or your cousin or your best friend. Hands up if you know the game MASH. You know what I'm talking about? going we go. we're gonna Okay, play, we're uh, not that old. We're actually right. going to play a little game of MASH. And I, this is what you would do. You would sit down with your folks, with your brother, whoever it is. I would always play with my sister, whatever it was. And you play a little game of MASH, you know? So this is my game. So obviously, awesome. you'd pick wait. your spouse. You'd write down a few crushes. Obviously, Trina.
1: <laughs> I had like... Brad Pitt. Whoa, hey. <laughs> Lots of celebrities, but I think he did probably make one of my mash lists at one point. <laughs> come on,
0: Brad Pitt. We I'm not even upset. Them. Brad Pitt, come on. <laughs> um, and, and you'd write down two things, two people, two whatever, and then your other buddy would pick Robbie, give me another spouse. That's a test. You should have said Trina. I'm already married. What am I going to write to say? Kel, that's your spouse. Right? So you'd write two. Question.
1: This okay. is getting out of hand.
0: You'd write two, and then someone else would, would say one. But because I'm already married,
1: and we don't want to get just into that on sermon. The, the chicken scratch that is up there—that is your writing. This is like the hardest part of our marriage is deciphering his actual writing and communication. You're not Let wrong.
0: You're not wrong. Kids, we have three. I need some more. I need some more numbers. How many kids do you think we should have? Eight. Thank you so wow. much. In Jesus' name. Holy smokes. Eight. Anything else? I can't
1: say holy smokes.
0: Eleven. Wow. You have eleven. You okay? Take it, hi. Job, we're going to go, obviously, pastor, because I am one. Let's do that. I'm so sorry. You know, professional. You'd always write something. Wrestler, obviously. I had a sweet name. I don't remember what it was. I need another job out here. Come on, hit me, somebody. What? Doctor, that's good. Okay, a job I could actually do. Come on, somebody. Anything else?
1: Hey, and math, you can be something.
0: Mark, an architect?
1: A architect.
0: <laughs> a job I could actually do. I think you think very highly of me. I'm going to just write... DJ, I like that. Let's go with DJ. Thank you, Carly. That I You He's asked actually the, a
1: great DJ. You, you asked the that staff. That.
0: It's, it's a spiritual gift of mine. You're welcome. Our, okay, pets. Uh, geez dog. Geez. I'm gonna write dog. I want a llama. That'd be fun. Anything else? <laughs> 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 Thank you. How do you two O's? I don't know. Raccoon. Money. I remember you see as a kid. As a kid, I remember you'd write down your hopeful salary in a year, and you'd be like, man. I just want 40K, if I could just get that, let's go. Inflation, anyone else? You know what I'm saying? Okay, write. Yeah, right, like, I don't know, this, that'd be amazing. And then they think, like, come on, and then you'd always go, $5, exactly. There was always the brother or sister who'd be like, Minus $7, yeah, have fun exactly with that. With that Where are we gonna live, Treen's? Well, we're gonna obviously go to the greatest city in the world, Victoria. Mm-hmm, let's on. go Arizona, because I just love, love the desert. It's Disneyland. And another place.
1: Disneyland.
0: What? Where if I have to go to Tofino and live there, sweet in Jesus' name. And then we'd go like this, right? And someone say, Stop when you're ready. Okay, and you go, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is what you would do. This is what you did. You flipped over the kids' menu and you played this game. And You go, One, two, three, four, five, six, sardines. One, two, three, four, five, six, not a dog. No, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, not a pro wrestler. Ah, oh. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know if I'm even doing this right anymore. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, love. We, we got some work to do. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, Better six, not be $5. seven. Oh, my goodness. This is getting close with the other trainer. Oh, I, oh yeah. Yay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm making negative $7 a year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, let's go. That actually makes sense, DJs, right? One, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six. Seven, 11, holy, on minus seven, one, two, three, four. Oh, wait a minute, am I living in Tofino? So, okay, you get to picture this is the worst life ever. But um, this is kind of how we do it, don't we? Yeah. Where we start picturing like, oh, I just want this thing at this time, and you really do begin to plan your life. I wanna live in, we're gonna be, okay, i mean living in an apartment, that's fine, with 11 kids, and you you begin to kinda of sort out your life, and obviously, friends, we're playing a game, we're having fun here, but there is something about trying to plan and figure it all out at once, and the truth is, the reality of, of most of our relationships, and if you ask you married couples or people who are dating, it's not so simple, you don't really plan it out that way. It doesn't, can we get rid of this? I'm not living in Tofino, it's not happening. Can you, Sarah, Thanks. Thanks. thanks a lot. <laughs> But the goal, the truth is, it's not how our story turned out, and it's definitely not how I hope our
1: story turns out. Thank God that's not how our story turned out. No, but we obviously, yeah, we went through, you know, a dating journey that included a breakup and um, lots of lots of pain that went alongside of that. And um, I'm so thankful for the story that God has given us. I'm so thankful that we have the opportunity to share it with you guys because it's not cookie cutter, it's not streamlined, yeah. but it is full of God's grace. Like, we are here married and beside each other and sharing with you all tonight because of God's grace. Like, that is it. Like, we made so many mistakes. And so I think it's important for you guys, who several of you are probably in relationships or not married, um, to be able to see your pastors and your leaders and people that you look up to and to know that they didn't have it all figured out and they made mistakes, and yet here we are. Like, our story is a story of two broken people and a broken relationship that God was able to restore and redeem by his grace, by his goodness, by his greater plan and purpose for us. And I would not trade our story for a thing. And my greatest hope for you guys tonight is that you would have hope. Like you would have hope in a God who sees you, who knows your story beginning to end and he sees you in the meantime moment that you might find yourselves in right now and he has good plans for you and good people to bring alongside to do this journey of life with. And He is a God of hope. Like, you can hope in Him. You don't have to just be, you know, discouraged or lonely or sit in those feelings because they are real feelings and we have felt them. But God is good and He has hope right. for you. And so I want you to be encouraged by, by our story tonight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to jump into our story. Lucas is going to share... Um, A little bit of, you know, the early of us meeting and getting to know each other. And there's three things that we would really say early on in your relationship that you should kind of be looking for, good expectations that you can have when you're um, considering a potential relationship. And so those three things would be attraction, awkwardness, and friendship.
0: We hit all of those, for sure. <laughs> when it comes to the awkwardness, definitely, and we'll get to that in a moment. Me and Trina met at the incredible resort of Nanus Bay Camp. Have you ever been there? And um, we met there, egg water and all. And uh, I remember like yesterday, um, I was looking for, for a friend and, and this guy always found his way to the front of a canteen. He might even be here tonight and, and he always found his way to the front. I was looking for Gav and I couldn't find him and I came around the corner and there was my friend Gavin sitting at a picnic table with four girls around the picnic table and just him and he had done what every smart guy does, put all of their canteen on his mom's tab. Sick move Gav, uh, we were, you know, 15 years old and he's trying to flex all his, you know, what he can do there and he's looking for a banquet date. And I remember seeing Trina. She was sitting there, and we we chatted a little bit. And then later that week, um, I took Trina's, one of her closest friends, to the banquet. And I didn't know this, but we were going to sit with her friends. We ended up being Trina. And there I was sitting uh, with her best friend, looking right across at Trina. And Trina Awkward. went with Gavin. And a, and there was two of you, actually. Gavin got two girls to go to the banquet that year, which yes. was a so big player. He movie. would
1: say that he got us to go to the banquet with right. him. But we... We were the older girls, and we decided to take him. That's the
0: not banquet. the story that he tells. Was, That's that all I'm was saying. All along. That's not the story Gavin tells. He was
1: not that smooth. Gavin, if you're in this room, I'm sorry. Guy's a legend. The Le- no, I'm just teasing.
0: Honestly, it was all friends. They all went to PCS. It was, it was fun, and, and, and we were all there as friends. But I remember that moment. I really do and Trina was wearing a white dress, had a flower in her hair, we talked, we chatted. I was drawn to her, I, was, uh, her, I remember her laugh, I remember her brown eyes in that moment, like it, it really was special. And in, the, in hindsight, I wasn't a very good date, I really wasn't. But this was the moment that me and Trina met, and I know I just wanted to continue talking to her from that point, because I was attracted to Trina.
1: Yes, and then, you know, the moment where I remember seeing Lucas, he was on the swing set at new Bay Camp. It was actually the year before. He probably was... I wasn't, like, 11. He Relax. He might have been 13 years old. So like, I have a young face. A child. <laughs> so, all that to say, it wasn't necessarily this, like, oh, my goodness, who's that guy over there? And, like, he was this kid on the swings. It was sweet. It was innocent. And his curly hair was, like, flowing in Flowing in the, breeze. In the wind. <laughs> but... You know, there was this, I remember the moment um, and something happened in my heart where I just, there was an attraction there and I couldn't explain it, I couldn't describe it. It wasn't something that I was like, oh my goodness, like I need to go talk to this boy. Um, But it was this intangible connection that I felt to him. Um, And so I would say that, you know, early on in your relationship, don't just pay attention to the physical attraction that you might be feeling for anyone that you're meeting. That, you know, that's a real thing for sure. But there are more subtle things going on in your heart that might be signals for you to pursue something with someone. Um, And it might be a sign for you to, you know what, get rid of the list for a second, your mash list or whatever, the dream guy that you thought or dream girl that you thought. um, And pay attention to what's going on in your heart because attraction really is... This intangible thing that we sometimes can't describe or define, Um, but that might be God like signaling you to pay attention to this person. Um, It's very true.
0: It's this beautiful, strange kind of ambiguous force. Um, It's this natural feeling to be drawn to someone. That's the actual definition of it. And let me be clear: the Bible notes for sure moments where people were physically attracted. I mentioned that in the first couple weeks, like. Adam sees Eve and what happens? Poetry, like different words begin to happen. Um, I think it's Genesis 29, like Jacob sees Rachel and instantly the word says that every part of her beauty was seen in, in all forms. Like there is moments of that. And yet the Bible also talks about how beauty is vain. Like what's the proverb that talks about charm is deceptive, but beauty is fleeting. And a woman that fears the Lord is to be praised. And so there is this tension for sure to manage. And we would encourage you that to focus first on compatibility and to allow yourself to really, like, don't put a barrier into meeting someone just because they didn't, like Trina just said, they hit that list. Like, he's awesome. I've heard this before. He's awesome. He's lovely. He's He loves his folks. He's got a great job. He goes to church, but he's 5'9", he's and his hairline is just a little bit. And I'm just, it's like... Give a guy a break. He's he he's he's awesome in every way, but he's an inch shorter than he had hoped. Like, let's just take a second and actually like see, you know what I'm saying? Like I think sometimes we really end up putting up barriers and we we limit a possibility, a future possibility with a friend or even a future partner, all because of one first impression, all because of one moment. And yeah, we had that moment for us, but but there was a lot of awkwardness in it as well. There was a the moment that Trina came in, like, this guy is weird. I kid you not. The first time I ever like so like fast forward a little bit in our story. Um, We chat on MSN all year long, let's go. And, And then the next year we're at camp again. And I'm like, I'm taking Trina to the banquet this year, for sure. And I remember seeing her after sports. She was walking to, well, she had her towel and her, her shower kit and she was headed to the washroom. I guess this is after sports. And I'm like, this is my moment. I gotta ask her to the banquet. And I sprint out there, I'm like, hey, what, what's up? What's up? Hey girl, what's up? What's, I think I said, what's up, like 14 times. And I literally was like, what are you doing? What are you, what's up? What are you doing? What, what are you up to? And she's like, I'm going to have a shower like I just played <laughs> really? sports. She got to tell me, yeah, you should, you should have a shower because you stink. <laughs> Literally, that's not,
1: not a-, a word of a lie. That was his line. He told Hey, what's
0: I- up? <laughs> hey, what's up? You stink. Have a shower. Will you go to the bank with me? That was like our first. And, and I-, I was hooked. Yeah. But it's so awkward, right? Like There was an attraction for sure, something drawn me, but it was awkward. I was, I'm got no game, no charm, just like fumbling over my words, don't know what to say. And I think we have this picture that it's gonna be this person, we're gonna be on the breakwater and there's gonna be orcas in the background and Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Ed Sheeran is playing and there's a misty rain and he looks into your... Sometimes he says you stink, but he really loves you, okay? All we're trying to say... Is in that moment of attraction and of awkwardness. Don't put your blinders up of just the physical. You know, she's so wonderful. She's amazing. She's everything I dreamed of, but she's like super outgoing and adventurous and talks fast. I'm just not, I like to just chill at home, you know? I'm like, "Ah, I just want to play video games. She's adventurous. She's awesome. And she just talks, every girl talks faster than most guys. Get over it. Like it's just, maybe not me, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, we, we put these little small physical barriers, and we're trying to, we're begging you to, to look past that a little bit because there is actually real future possibilities. That's in right. A relationship. If you're going to
1: pursue attraction with someone and, um, you know, put yourself out there, it is going to be awkward. So push through the awkwardness and give. I like this idea of latent love. Right. Um, Lucas didn't know what that word meant. Didn't. And that's totally fine. Yep. You're Did brilliant. Not. I love you. Latent is like um, this thing that exists, but it exists dormantly. Mm. So it's not. This, like, hot and heavy relationship or, like, Cupid Mm -hmm. moment or lightning bolt moment where you're just, like, struck with, oh, my gosh, I'm in love with this person. Um, It's this quiet, like, thing that's just under the surface that's steadily and slowly developing and growing and maturing until it's ready to be pursued. And so, just like we were saying, you know, with attraction, pay attention, push through the awkwardness. and you know the best way to really do that is to be friends. And so that, you know, is a third point that you should something that you should be expecting and looking for early on in your relationship yes. is friendship. So good. Um, once you get over that initial hurdle of attraction and awkwardness, don't just dump into du- don't just jump into dating, but make friendship your focus. Yeah. Lucas and I dated for a year and a half long distance.
0: Let's go. Um,
1: And it was hard, but you know what? It was the greatest gift and advantage to us because we were forced focus on your friendship and so I know that we're talking tonight about you can't force love but I would say that you can force friendship and you should force friendship in your relationship at all stages like it's easy to fall into the romance of things it's easy to allow the momentum of your attraction to carry you forward but sometimes often you're gonna need to take a step back and allow your friendship to be the thing that you're nurturing and Um, developing and taking time to really grow in your relationship because that's going to be the safety net for you later on in life. It's, you know, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through difficulty, you want your best friend there. When your marriage is struggling, you're going to want your friendship to fall back on. It's harder to fall back into love than it is to fall back into your friendship. So that's like a safety net for you. So at all stages of your relationship, keep friendship as your focus.
0: There's this really interesting verse and I wanna share with you. And there's a great book, I encourage anyone who's interested in in dating, marriage, sex, all those pieces. It's called The Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. I think it's one of the better books written on all these topics in the last 10 years. And he breaks, kind of breaks down and walks through Songs of Solomon, which is a really hard book to understand. It truly is and it covers all sorts of things. And Solomon was, he's known for having many wives and concubines, but there is one person that the Bible describes as being someone he really loved, truly loved. And there's this verse and it says this in Solomon, this is Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, 16, 17. It's a bit hard to, it's very poetic, but follow me here. She writes, how handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming, and our bed is verdant. And then he responds with, the beams of our house are cedars, our rafters, are fur. It's like, what the heck is he talking about there? Here's what he's talking about. If you read the first like 15 verses, they're like, I love you, I wanna kiss you. There's awkwardness, there's attraction, there's these moments together. But here they say, listen, rather than lying down and getting intimate, let's go walk outside. He's saying our beams, our house, you know what it is? It's outside. Solomon was known for planting forests and having pools. And he literally says, let's go for a walk. Let's look around, let's enjoy each other's company before anything else, before we get hot and heavy, let's try and work on what matters most and that's this here together. Let's get outside, under the firs, under the cedars. He's been quite literal, let's also work on our friendship. And just to like echo what Trina's saying, and if there are married couples in here, they know the thing that you lean on the most in your hard moments are is your friendship. It's the the truth. It's it's very much the truth. And so from there, uh, we meet, we hang out, we're dating, all those pieces, and then we get into kind of the second part here, if you will. Um, We broke up, the breakup, if you will. Uh, We dated for, like I said, a year and a half. We had a future in mind. We were thinking about our future. I gave Trina a promise ring. (laughs) My bad. Um, We we (laughs) gave. I don't, I don't completely regret it. Sort of do. Anyways, um, we're married now. We have kids. Relax.
1: (laughs) Things are good. (laughs)
0: We were very committed. We were looking forward to our future. And yet for me, I recognize now that I could not handle the pressure that was surrounding me. I was, I was this young guy who could not do it all on my own, but I thought I could. And I really just recognized here that we were thinking about us and our future and things were going good, but I just couldn't handle the pressure of life, of things going on at home, uh, things going on with family, things going on at school, things just in life. And so I, I've never, I was in my room, I can still remember, it, and I broke up with Trina, and I really don't like this part of the story. There's still even some, if I'm being honest, still some guilt that, that is carried there. I still feel responsible for things that happened when we were apart that I wish didn't happen, but it is our story, like Trina said, and it's difficult. Again, it's very difficult to talk about, and I just wish I knew how badly I needed Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's true, and it is hard, it is hard, um, you know, to reflect back on that difficult time, but... Um, It's a part of our story, and that's where we talk about we get to talk about God's grace. And so, um, you know, the attraction was there, the friendship was there. We had a plan, like Lucas said, but God really wasn't a part of it, and that was the problem. So you can have this great relationship with literally the person that you are meant to be with, and it still not work out because your foundation is not in Jesus, your identity is not in Jesus. And so when Lucas broke up with me, you know, I had oriented my entire life at that point in time around this relationship and not this one. And so when he broke up with me, I was left completely devastated and heartbroken and lost. And just like, I literally, I remember the moment and I remember feeling like, you know, going through those initial first weeks and months and just feeling like my entire future Hmm. that I thought was so secure is gone. Like it just, in an instant, it was gone. And it was absolutely shattering Um, and the hardest thing that we, that I had ever walked through at that point in time. Um, And so, you know, as we were talking about this and reflecting on it, we realized like there are three main traps that I would say you need to be careful of in every relationship. Um, And that would be idolatry, identity, and intimacy. Um, and these were three things that I would say were, you know, really contributed to the heartache that we both experienced in our breakup. Um, we're not going to talk about intimacy tonight because that's a whole other conversation. Um, it's something that we want to unpack well. Um, it's also not
0: inherently bad in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's not inherently uh, the other bad, ones and, and so yeah. it needs more time say, and attention.
1: Yeah, and I will say, like, we were not. We made mistakes here, and so if you're in this room and you're struggling, or you've, you know, that there's been some sin or some mistake there, that, um, I just want you to know, like. Again, like, God's grace is so good and it's so real, and he has redeemed that part of our life and that story, that part of the story. Um, But to get back to, you know, idolatry and identity, um, you know, Lucas, like, our relationship meant everything to me. It was, it was, like, the thing that, the only thing I feel like I had going for me at the time Um, And so that's, you know, a really dangerous place to find yourself in because you're not meant to be secure in another person. You're meant to be secure in yourself, in your relationship with God. Um, And so what can happen is when idolatry, when you begin to idolize something and wrap, you know, all of your emotions and dreams and thoughts and choices into it, it becomes, it actually becomes to shape your identity and your security and your sense of value and worth and who you are. And so that's what happened in our relationship. Um, And it, yeah, it was really, it was really, really hard for me.
0: And idolatry really leads to identity and we recognize that. And I think this is why too, like friends, if you go to your Bibles and you read the Ten Commandments, you're going to see the one at the very top, Exodus 20 verse 3, and it says, you shall have no other gods before me. And there's just, there's this important piece to understand that God was, I think shares this for a few reasons. One, because he knew the Israelite story was a lot of this like if you really if you read the entire story of the Israelites from start to finish you see that they're in constant rebellion and constantly looking for God, a God, something, like they wanna put it first, they always are there, and, and I think God shares it with it first so that we would know, even for us, even I think our sin day and age right now is idolatry. It's not just I want money, it's that money becomes our God. It's that sex becomes our God. There's a great book on this, Counterfeit Gods by Timothy Keller, another one called God's At War by Kyle Edelman that basically is saying all sin really comes down to this piece, and this is something that is first for, for good measure, for good reason, because God knows it's this constant tension we face. You know, we love the, you know, the story of when, when the teacher asks Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he, of course, shares, love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We've heard this before, and then love your neighbor as yourself in Matthew. But if you read Mark's version, this is what Jesus actually says. This is Mark chapter 12, verse 28. what of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And this is the response that Mark writes. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel. Jewish leaders, people at this time who would have known the 10 commandments, right? The Lord our God, the Lord is the one Lord. Meaning, do not forget who comes first. Because who comes first actually dictates this. Then he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. Meaning, when God is first, when God is priority, when he is placed number one above every single thing else, that adoration and love becomes a lot easier to love your Lord God with all that, and it becomes a natural flow when he, the priorities of order in your life are set with God number one, with his, your love going to Him first. Then it's much easier to love Him and then love others. And I just think we forget this sometimes. We we miss this piece of how important it is, and how relationships really can become idols and can really shape your identity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So obviously, you know, we we um, experience, like I said, a lot of heartache because we yeah. got that wrong. Um, but as much as that was difficult to walk through, um, I would not replace it for anything. Like, I would not take I might. That. I might. Again, you might. feel a little bad. But, and you know, we had to talk, talk that through a lot when we got back together that I had to continually remind Lucas because he just felt so guilty, but I had to continually remind him, like, Lucas, like, I am so, I am in such a better place because of... I now have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew what it was like now to feel secure in my relationship with God. And I needed that. I needed to go through this time of um, heartache and desperation and loneliness um, because it forced me to run to Jesus. And so I'm so thankful that God used that season to prepare us for our future marriage. And, you know, all that's to say that, like, even though we were the person that we were going to end up with, Us breaking up was not punishment because we didn't do our relationship at first with God a part of it, but it was preparation. It was Mm -hmm. preparation to teach us how to make God first, like Lucas is saying, and protect us from falling into these traps of, you know, idolizing even your marriage. Like, it's, God should always be the number one, right? Your first love, your number one priority, Um, And so I'm thankful that we walked through that difficult season and that we were able to find ourselves in a place of security with God so that we could now be together with Him at the center. Yeah.
0: And so we want to give you kind of four thoughts, and we're beginning to to, to land the plane. Four, Four things to focus on in your meantime. If you find yourself in a breakup, if you find yourself single, single and looking, whatever it may be, if you find yourself single and really desiring a relationship, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that, it's important to share maybe you're in a relationship right now whatever it may be when in your meantime even just preparation for that future relationship we want to give you kind of four thoughts uh, on this first is just it's just to focus on your first love and really what we're getting at here is the same words that jesus speaks i believe it's over the church of ephesus and revelation that you've forgotten your first love he's saying come back to me meaning friends your identity has to be rooted in this and i know it kind of feels like we're hitting the same thing Idolatry and, insecurity and identity in these two pieces, but we cannot, cannot minimize how important this is. Yeah. We really can't. I know for me, this was, this was my spot because after we broke up, I was really insecure. I was a young guy who, I, who had a lot going from, for him, but just completely insecure, no solid foundation in my faith, desperate for to look good, to look whatever and perform whatever it is. And, and friends, you should know who you are even if you don't have someone beside you. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, are defined by our relationships. And we're just, again, we're trying to make sure you hear this, that your identity has to be found in Jesus. I'm so thankful for that song you guys sang tonight, that I am a child of God, I've been adopted into the family of of, of our heavenly father, that I'm not rooted in my mistakes or my accomplishments, but in Christ, and I think for me, I just, again, after recommitting my life to Jesus in a small group, many of you know that story, I just found myself needing to fight that insecurity and work on that confidence in the Lord. And can I just, can I be really blunt right now to the men in the house? If you wanna find a confidence, if you wanna find your, your manhood, if you will, in God, you won't find it, I'm not I'm not trying to jab anyone I'm gonna say, but you're not gonna find it just, just like constant listening to Joe Rogan, okay? Can we just be honest here for a second? I'm not hating, I'm not hating. Please hear me, I wanna be very clear, but I wanna speak to this for a moment. Because I think, I said this last week and I think it was a a real, I think it was a real heaviness on some guy's heart and I, I felt really heavy for the men in this room. And I'm super concerned that out of our insecurity, we will run to anyone who is the loudest, to the Andrew Tate's, to the Jordan Petersons. And again, can I be honest? I'm not trying to jab any secular. This isn't the pastor hating on 12-year-old's rules rules of life. Please don't hear that. What I'm trying to share with you is that if you can't figure out yourself, then how can someone else do it? I'm trying to share with you that your identity has to be rooted in the designer and the creator of the universe. It starts with God. And you can run anywhere and listen to anything, but it's not going to truly fix What's going on in here? This was week one of this series. And my heart breaks for the young men who are just so insecure right now and, and, and desperate for any little bit of confidence. It's not gonna happen just through this or that. Those are all, th- these are things that maybe can contribute some of those things, not all of those things. That's another talk, but, but, this, but truly where it has to come from is the Spirit of God. Are you hearing my heart tonight? I really hope you're hearing my heart tonight. I'm not trying to, to bash anything or anyone insecurity or even false confidence, it grows in isolation. And so the one thing I think I did really well in this season of growth is I put myself around people all the time. I didn't live alone, refused to do it because I was too insecure. I knew I'd do something different, whether it be pornography, whether it be just finding someone, a girl, a date, whatever, it doesn't matter. So I, I lived in a one-bedroom apartment with, with one, a guy of our church. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, I made sure, you know what I did? I served the house. I was here every night of the week and that's not to pump my, ter- I was, kids, you got it. Mids, you got it. Highs, you got it. I was playing worship at like Celebrate Recovery, probably terribly, <laughs> but they, bl- they allowed me to be there. I was setting up chairs pre and post. I, there's a conference, I'm there. There's a thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. I lived here. I slept here many nights. Like I, I really did. Why? Because I wanted to be around people of faith, people who would help me see that my identity and worth is not found in my gifting or ability, but in Christ. And so I don't wanna belabor this point. We're already going long, but I need you to see this. Focus on that first love. Focus on your identity in the meantime. Let it not be something that grows in isolation, but something that is found in Jesus. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Men, are you hearing me? My heart is for you. I'm here for you.
1: So good, yeah. So once you have your foundation in, in God and you know, set that relationship as your number one priority, number two, um, let integrity be your guide. There's this verse, Proverbs 11.3, it says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. And then Romans 12.1 says, Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And so really what these verses are talking about is, like, we cannot control what happens in life. We can't control circumstances, we can't control things that happen to us, we can't control what people are gonna do, how they're gonna treat us, what we have to endure and face. There will be trials, we know that, but we can overcome evil with good, we can Mm -hmm. walk in integrity, we can Mm -hmm. allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in how we respond. You are always in control of how you respond. And this verse is saying that that integrity to say, okay, God, I'm gonna do things your way. It doesn't matter what they're doing, it doesn't matter what the circumstance is tempting me to do, I'm gonna do things your way, I'm gonna trust that you're gonna lead me into all of the good things that you have prepared for me. And it's a hard line to walk. Like, I can tell you there were so many times so, again, fast-forwarding into our story, Lucas did end up moving to Victoria. He did end up taking a class at UVic that I had to be in with him and watch him sit in a this row This story girls. is not in the
0: notes. You can't I use know, this story. I I'm just
1: letting... I'm trying to ha- paint a picture here of how hard it was for me. Um, he would sit in the front row with a row of girls and I'd whoa, be in the back whoa. just, like, First of all, do I look class. like a
0: front-row guy in poli-sci? He was. Come on, he Trina. He was in
1: that class because you trying to press me. Liar. They sat by me. (laughs) You would say that. It was hard, and there were so many, like, so many circumstances where I felt justified in my anger, in my bitterness, where I wanted to send a nasty message, or I wanted to gossip at him behind his back. Like, so many circumstances where I really felt like the victim, and he just looked like he was living the dream, like, no care in the world, and it was super hard for me, but I... Thank God I yeah. just, Jesus was my everything yeah. at that point in my life. And I just felt this resolve to not go there, to be the person that he was calling me to be and to allow that integrity, that character, that moral like guide to just, yeah, be my right. my chosen response in right. every situation. And so, Still. you know, I think that that's just, you know, have the integrity to say, I'm gonna resist temptation. I'm gonna walk in purity. I'm going to pursue goodness and righteousness and know that it's going to lead you into a place of readiness to receive the blessing of a relationship that he wants to place in your life. And to not only receive it, but to be able to steward it well. You need to be the person now that you would hope to see yourself with later. You need to set yourself apart, not settle for anything less in who it's you good. are or it's anything good. less in what you deserve in somebody else. The best way for you to attract the kind of person that you hope to be with one day is to be that person yourself. Be yep. that person now. Allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to walk out this meantime moment of your life, this difficult Whatever, like enduring trial you might be facing, the heartache, the breakup, the loneliness, the despair, the discouragement, whatever. Fill in the blank. Walk it out with integrity. Let it be your guide. And I promise you, it is gonna lead you into a place of receiving a blessing from God. It's really good. It's really good.
0: And then finally, we want to talk about... Actually, no, Trina, used your point. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. We're
1: gonna... <laughs> we're jumping ahead here. But um, I also wanna talk about trust. And I know um, trust... Is something we talk about a lot in church. Um, trust in God's plan. It sounds super simple. Right. Um, but when we're being honest with ourselves, it's hard. It's really, really hard to trust. Um, and trust is really just surrendering and letting go of control. Right? Yeah. Um, in Psalms, it says, Trust in God at all times. Pour out your hearts to Him because He is a refuge. That's really good. And I love this scripture of trust, particularly because it says, Pour out your heart to Him. And I think that that is this call to say, I'm not just saying, not, God's not just asking you to like flippantly trust in him. He's saying, no, come to me in relationship. Pour out your heart to me because that's going to lead you into the place of surrender. And that's the place where he can work in your heart and he can remind you that he is a good God and that he actually is trustworthy. But if you're just going to, you know, walk around like coming to church and say, yeah, I trust God, I trust God. But like the deep, it's not genuine in your heart. It's not actually, you haven't allowed it to sink in. You haven't poured out your heart to him and communicated with him all of your fears, all of your desires, all of your dreams, all of your worries, all of your heartache, then that trust is going to be a little bit superficial. And if you want to walk this out, you need to trust that God really does have good things for you. And so you need to surrender that. You need to come to him on a daily basis and talk to him about what's in your heart, and then let him insert his love, his goodness, his promises, his peace. He wants to give you all of those things, but we can't trust unless we let him in, right? We need to be in relationship with him so that we can trust and surrender.
0: Okay, and final thought, and I know we've gone long tonight, guys, but this is really good. I really think Mm -hmm. this is gonna help. Final thought is just to keep your heart soft. Mm -hmm. And, And I think there's a piece, Actually, let me just read a verse to you, actually. Um, this is from Ezekiel 36, 26, and this is where, prophetically speaking, actually, about Jesus and, and, and what is to come, but there is this, this peace that is, needs to be said over the Israelites because their hearts have become so hardened with so many idols and so much rebellion that, that literally this has to be spoken over them, and it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That term flesh really means heart to receive a heart that's ready to be vulnerable, a heart that's ready to feel. I just feel like in this room, when we were were praying before, there is someone in here tonight who has such a heart of of stone of scales, if you will. It just feels, feels burdened, it feels broken, it feels heavy. And the Lord is saying to you tonight, I want to give you a new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart to love, a heart to receive, a heart to receive blessing, and a heart to really understand his grace for you. And that's really what we, I believe that maybe that should be your prayer. Maybe for you in your meantime, it's God, give me a soft heart. Right. Not just a lot of eyes to see the next guy, a girl, but a heart that is soft, ready to receive love, ready to receive your love and to move forward. As we, as we kind of unpack and, mm-hmm. and close up here, the final piece of this, obviously, we, we dated, we hung out, all these pieces, we broke up. And finally, of course, we're now married. And our marriage is not perfect. It's, we're, we're, we, basically what happened is I realized I a guy- He came
1: groveling back to me. <laughs> That's what happened.
0: You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> no, what ha- like, really, I just knew that, I, I truly, I realized that I, I had no better friend than Trina. And I, I was working this, I remember working this job, I was supposed to be building a fence, it was supposed to take like four days, and it was like my third week on the job, because I was just constantly thinking about how I was letting my best friend go, and the person that I, I knew I just loved. And then I got caught wind that she was going to a birthday party with a guy who there liked it is. her. And there it is. W- hold on. This guy was no slouch. This guy is like an eight. This guy was like, he's a stud. I was like, whoa, I gotta so I remember texting Trina and realizing in that text this was this was it. Like what if I I can't break her heart again, and and praying and just coming to the Lord and understanding this was it. And then we we got London Fogs from the Mocha House. Let's go, because that's what cool kids did 14 years ago. And uh, 11 months later, we were married, which is pretty awesome. And our marriage isn't perfect. We know that. Like, we, 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 we it's, it's not the end goal. And I think that's really key. You were saying that before. It's not this, like, final destination. Marriage is not the, I made it, winning, moving on. That's it. We're winning and we're k- killing it. That's not actually how it is. It's so much more than that, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, like, I'm thankful for our marriage. It's a gift. It's a blessing. But marriage is work. Um, the work continues. And so when you find that person and you find yourself in a married, in a a beautiful marriage, hopefully with God at the center of it, it is going to continue to be work. And it is this environment, um, this relationship, this environment where we get to experience God's love and we get to be refined to be more like Jesus, to show that Mm -hmm. love to somebody else in such a sacrificial way, in such a selfless way. Um, And so I, yeah, like we, we get in fights, we get in arguments every single day. Um, well, but it's I mean, just, you know, he's teaching you to be more
0: like Jesus. Give me patience. <laughs> our, our, our biggest fight maybe ever was like three weeks in, and it was the most ridiculous thing ever, and this is the truth. I, I'll never forget, we're grocery shopping together, and I just naturally, like any human does, went to grab chocolate milk, and Trina was like, not getting that. I'm like, okay, yes we are, you know, and she's like, why, why would we get chocolate milk? And like, we have Nesquik at home, and we stood in aisle seven at Thrifty's on Broadmead, and I don't want to say we were shouting, but we were like. It, pe- got heated. It, the, it got heated. Yeah, it was not.
1: We were on a budget. We were young and married. Like, you don't need to have a quick is either. not the
0: same. We've been through no, this. No, it's like, not
1: the same, but you don't need it.
0: It's not the same, right? Come on, Island Farms. Avalon. Netflix. Let's go. Where's Zach good. when I need him? It's not that's, the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not at all. But that's how silly it was. We're like three weeks into our wedding day and we're literally screaming about if we can buy chocolate milk or not.
1: And now 12 years in, we're much more wise with, yeah. you know, the battles that we pick. Yeah. But yeah, no, all that to say, like, we do have obviously very real issues in our marriage that we work through and we talk through. And We, we
0: actually don't buy chocolate milk ever. Just real <laughs> side note.
1: Triggering. So.
0: Friends, marriage is not like mash. Okay. It's not this like, I'm gonna have this and that, I'm and gonna figure it out and we're gonna do this thing. It's not just about your fairy tale coming true. It's not what it's about. It's not, it's, it's actually about choosing someone every day and understanding that love is so much greater than just a feeling. And it's everything Trina just mentioned, it's this, this constant refining. I'm reminded too that just because we're married, it doesn't mean we won't feel void or frustration because again, this doesn't complete, right? Jerry Maguire not right. It's not that. It's not two halves becoming whole, Spice Girls. I'm sorry. It's not just that. It's actually when two whole people in Jesus come together. That's the, that's the beauty of marriage. Marriage is really this beautiful place to showcase the gospel. At the end of the day, this is all about God. It's all about Jesus. And I would just say there's a beautiful verse. I think it's 1 John 4 where he talks about God is, is not seen by everyone, but if we choose to lay down our lives and love one another, then our love is made complete in him. Meaning that like this, our marriage, what you guys see, like take what you will from this sermon tonight and we do hope you get some tips, some thoughts, some encouragement, but we know that the greatest sermon we'll ever preach really is just the way we live our marriage. Sacrificing, serving, humbly coming beneath one another, not trying to score points in any way, shape or form, but actually trying to outserve serve one another. That marriage is a demonstration of the love of God, not the destination we hope to receive. Did you hear that tonight? That really matters. Cause I don't want you to think that once you get there, it's just done and you've received it and it's over. It's a demonstration of the love of Jesus, the grace of God, not the destination, the place to be just because. Um, there's a lot of words for love in the Greek language. And if you've read C.S. Lewis's Four Loves, you know all about them, like Ape, Eros, all these pieces, but there's a lot of beautiful words in the Hebrew language too. Dod actually is this word of love. It means the mingling of souls, which is really beautiful. There's another word that's ahava and it means this like fierce love. It means it's this, it's till death do us part love, or I love this, one commentator wrote, it's the love that says, I'm not going anywhere. And if there's anything I wish for you and pray for you and hope for you is that you would, yeah, find a partner where that is the case, but remember that the I'm not going anywhere type of love first comes from the Lord. And that is the beautiful part. It's his love that said, I choose you, I'm dying for you, I'm gonna go to the cross for you represent that in your marriage every single day. And that's our heart, that is our hope. We really do hope that, believe that. And if we could, we're just gonna pray over you guys in a moment, but I just wanna speak just prophetically for one moment, if I may, and we are closing right now. I just wanna pray and believe that, I don't know how old that statistic is, we were trying to look it up, but we continue to see it's like 50% of marriages end in a divorce, and I just wanna believe and put a stake in the ground and say right now that that will not be our marriages, your marriages, the relationships here. The relationships for the next generation will be the type of love, the ahava, the Hebrew saying, I'm always gonna be there. I'm not going anywhere. That it's gonna reflect the gospel. That it's gonna say, I see what Jesus has done and now I choose to do that every single Yes, marriage is fun, it's amazing, it's enhanced. Your fights are bigger, your love is greater. It's true, it's true. The intimacy is stronger, but so is your angerness over chocolate milk. Like it's, it's all of those things. It's this beautiful piece and I would, all, the ball and chain, all the things that are said about marriage, it's all false, it's amazing. But it all stems from the love of God. And it's the best place to showcase the gospel. It's a great demonstration, not a destination. And I wanna believe that for your marriages, for your future marriages, for the future marriages of this service. That is my heart, that is my hope. Are you hearing me tonight? Would you stand to your feet and we're gonna pray over you as we close. We really hope and pray and believe that you feel, I really hope you feel encouraged. I hope you receive something tonight. I hope that there's something about our story that gives you hope in yours. And so we wanna pray over you. So we just close your eyes and if you wanna bow your heads or open your arms, whatever, however you want to receive, open your heart to receive and let's pray.
1: Heavenly Father, We just honor you, and we praise you, God. And we thank you, God, for that word that was shared by Calista earlier, that your presence is here among us. You are with us right now, God. And you see every single person. You see every single story, Lord. And you are so good. And you are so in the details, Father. And I just lift up each person, God, in their relationship journey, God, whether they're single, whether they're married, whether they're dating, whether they're engaged, God. I just ask, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them into a pursuit of you, Lord, into a pursuit of love and relationship and identity with you first, Lord God, that they would be so filled up by your goodness, by your grace, by your sacrifice, God, that they would just be able to pour out love to those around them, Lord, whether they're married or not. God, would you just lead us in selflessness and in sacrifice, that we would just live out the gospel, God, that our lives would be a demonstration of how your love has changed us, of how you have so deeply impacted us by your sacrifice and by your love and by your work on the cross. And your power, God, your spirit would just be moving and at work in our lives, through our lives to show that love to others. I pray, God, that there would be marriages in this room that would honor you, that would glorify you, that would go the distance, God. I pray that you would protect the marriages that are um, represented here, Lord. You see them and you know them all. I believe, God, that you just want to place marriage again in society as this thing, God, that is beautiful and holy and set apart and just like like we talked about, a demonstration of your love and your gospel. And so I pray that you would just anoint the marriages and bless the marriages, God, and and um, stir up, God, just a motivation and a desire and a conviction, God, and just such an effort, Lord, on our part to, to do the work, God, to stay faithful, Lord, to be committed, to want to live sacrificially and selflessly towards those that were in partnership, partnership with God. We know that we need your help. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come upon each heart and you would just release your power in us so that we would have marriages that would go the distance and that would honor you. And God, I just want to pray for the hearts in this room, Lord, that might just be in a place of pain and brokenness. I pray that you would just come alongside and bring your peace and bring your comfort and bring your hope, God, in only the way that you can. And I pray that people would just come running to you, Lord Jesus, knowing that you are going to meet them exactly where they're at and you're going to fill them up, God, with exactly what they need. We know, God, that you are all we need. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to walk this out now, to leave this place ready to receive what it is that you want to bring into our lives And we just desire to glorify and honor you with it. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we bless your name. Amen.